You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to these live devotionals here on YouTube and converted to a podcast. So whether you're driving, working out, listening, watching, uh, man, I'm so glad that you're here and going to study God's word with you today. And the thing that I've been thinking about is money, money, finances, uh, actual money, man, cold cash. Uh, the reason why is because at Redemption Church, we're going through books of the Bible and we're at this section this last Sunday on contributions for the tabernacle. There was this offering that was so large, uh, so good that people gave so much that it, it actually met all the needs to build this tabernacle and for God to be obeyed, to be worshiped. It was a blessing. And uh, one of the big things about that message that sort of stood out to me was that as people had a great perspective of money um, and they contributed that to the Lord as worship, God not only blessed them, but blessed the nation and gave them the right perspective to live a blessed life. And I think this is really important for you and I, especially those that are watching in North America or a westernized civilization, not a third world country. Um, man, I think that there is an idol of money possessions uh, that people live for and thinking that that's the greatest treasure here on earth. And I think we need to make sure that we have the right perspective when it comes to money. So I'm going to talk to you today about perspective on money. What does the Bible say? And there's a lot the Bible actually says about this. Uh, one book that I have in my office, but we give out, see if I can get it in. There we go. Financial Freedom, How to Manage Your Money Wisely by June Hunt. Uh, we give this out to people in the church um, just as a blessing. Uh, I think I have some copies in my office at a church because there's actually a lot of scripture. I mean, a lot of scripture that deals with finances, money, giving, uh, offerings, tithes, all this different stuff, because it's not only a spiritual issue. It's a part of our everyday life. We spend money daily, right? It costs money to live. And, and how do we manage money wisely? How do we worship God through money? All these questions the Bible actually answers, addresses. And so I thought I'd just walk us through one passage that talks about the greatest treasure, uh, giving our hearts to Jesus, worship. And Jesus actually taught this famous sermon, Sermon on the Mount. And in this section of this famous sermon, he addresses money. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 34. You've probably heard of it, but we're actually going to just walk through it, read a couple of verses, give you some thoughts, because I want to give you some biblical principles and perspective on money, so that way you have a healthy framework, because we live in such a uh, rich-oriented, money-centric life that people are actually living for money, wasting their lives away when they should be living for the Lord. And so um, I was super encouraged by our study on Sunday. And it really blessed a lot of people. So I want to just dig deeper into this subject. And so here's what Jesus says about money. Do not lay for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The idea of this section is what are you focusing on? Like a horse and blinders. If you're focusing on light and good things, it's going to direct that way. If you're focusing on dark or all over the place, you're going to be going all over the place. Uh, Jesus goes on in verse 24 and says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one 
and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money, or it's even the idol, the word word is mammon, uh, the possessions of money, um, this idolatry to worship money. Uh, so let me give you some biblical principles, maybe answer some questions about money, uh, just starting with this text. First thing that the Bible teaches is money isn't evil. Uh, money isn't evil, but we must first pursue Jesus over money. Putting anything above Jesus the true and living God is idolatry, is a sin. And most people do that with their possessions. Uh, the Bible says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. But those who desire to be rich fall into great temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lust, which down, drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's this pursuit of love of money, uh, this idolatry, this worship for which some have strayed from the faith, it says, in their greediness and pierced themselves through many sorrows. People do a lot of crazy things for their idols, for their gods. Uh, they worship and express it. And when your money, uh, when your idol is money, you do a lot of crazy things. But the Bible says in that verse, but you, O man, flee these things, pursue righteous, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. We're to pursue God over money. The Bible says, seek the Lord in his strength and seek his presence continually. And I'm so often discouraged and even offset by how many Christians are actually pursuing money over God. Oh, I got to work on Sunday. I'm not going to be in fellowship. I'm not going to go into God's word. I just have no time. We are to be a living offering, Romans 12, uh, one and two say, uh, which is our reasonable act of worship unto God. And we are to worship God. And that's with our Bible, uh, not Bible, with our body and with everything that we have. But the cool thing is God actually knows that money is not evil. It's a tool. It's neutral. It's how will you use it? Most people are trying to use money to fill the void in their heart, to fill uh, the desires and the lustful things of the flesh, the Bible says, but it actually leads them to stray away from faith, to be uh, greedy, and it leads to all kinds of evil because it allows you to uh, do things of the flesh a little bit easier. But the Bible says you can use money for good. Money is actually a good thing, the Bible teaches. Philippians chapter 4, verse 18, there's a section in the Bible where um, the, the, uh, the church in Philippi, they actually gave money to support Paul, the apostle. Uh, he says this, Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full. I have received from Ephroditus the thing sent from you, a sweet swelling aroma, an acceptable offering, well-pleasing to God. The Bible actually says, Paul said, it was an acceptable sacrifice, a well-pleasing aroma or offer to God that they would give finances to this minister to share the gospel. Many of you know this. You give to your local church to preach the word, to missionaries, to nonprofits, to further the kingdom of God. This is a good thing. You see, it's okay to be rich, to be funny, smart, have these things that God has given you in this life. But the question is, is how will you use them? So when it comes to money, we have to even think, how how is it um, that God would want us to use our money to further his kingdom, to bless others? We have all these resources like our life, our time, but also our money that could be used for God, that could be used for God. And so it's not a bad thing to have a lot of money. It's not a good thing to have um no money. Uh, no, the Bible says that uh, God has actually given those resources 
to worship God. And it's not a matter of if you have a lot or a little. One of the passages I mentioned uh, over the weekend was Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. It's about that widow with two mites or a penny. Um, basically, she gave everything she got and Jesus commended her for worshiping sacrificially out of a pure heart, out of love. And see, this is why we should address giving more often in the church because the Bible wants to address heart issues. And we forget sometimes that these physical things can capture our heart, our attention, our time, our love. We need to be asking, why do I give? Why do I give? And the, the correct response, the biblical response is we should give out of a response to God's grace, out of who he is. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. You see, we don't give to earn God's approval, our favor, our love. No, we're already loved and accepted by God because the gospel, he did all the work. So now we're to walk in his grace and to do those things he's called us to do. And one of the ways that we can actually worship him is through finances, through giving, through generosity, through speaking words of life, through our body, through love. Through There's so many different ways, but when it comes to money, again, it's a tool. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, God says he loves a cheerful giver, that we should actually be strategic about it. The text says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he, uh, as he pursues uh, purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have abundance for every good work. God wants to bless his people with finances to be able to bless other people as well. Uh, when you receive finances, it's not just for you, but it's for uh, a tool to be used in the hands of God and to pray about it. And so one of the responses I had, and I was thinking through teaching this great text about the contribution and how these people gave an offering, I didn't close my message with taking offering, I told them, hey, pray about it. Ask yourself about this. How can you give? What does that look like? And this is another principle I think I want to I want to combat or talk about because a lot of people say, well, well, God loves a cheerful giver. I'm not really cheerful about giving. No, bro. It's a sacrificial gift. Jesus said, store up your treasures in heaven. You can actually fight the flesh and it's actually a good thing to systematically be uh, trained in your giving. You know, 1 Timothy 4, 6 and 8 through 8, the Bible actually says that Paul told Timothy to train yourself for godliness, to pursue these things. And we see this. Paul would write the church to the church in Corinth in chapter 16, verse 1 and 2. He would tell them to systematically, intentionally, actively put money aside so they can give an offering. Uh, now concerning the collection of, for the saints, he says, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must also do. Uh, do also on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there may, need, may be no collections when I come. Paul wanted them to systematically, intentionally give. And I love what it says, as he may prosper. That's the whole beauty of a tithe. Tithe simply is the Hebrew word of a tenth. It means 10% of your income. The first fruits, Proverbs 3, 9, we honor God with the first fruits of our wealth. It's giving God and setting him aside setting the finances aside and giving it to him out of an act of worship and trust. God, you've given me. I want to give back to you. You've blessed me. I want to bless you and bless your kingdom and work with you and love you and serve you. And so, man, just as um, you systematically schedule uh, dates 
for a relationship with your spouse, or maybe you schedule vacations or you schedule things that are a priority to you. I think it's important for us to be thoughtful and schedule our giving, having conversations. What does that look like? How much do I want to give this year? Do I want to increase? Uh, do I want to give more than 10%? There's ties and then there's offerings. Um, how, uh, what ministries, uh, Lord, do you want me to do? Uh, what special offerings? Because the reality is the Bible says is when we use our finances to bless the kingdom of God and the work that God is doing, man, we're actually blessed. Jesus said we are blessed when we give up our lives. When we pick up our cross and die to ourselves. sometimes, listen, it's the nuttiest thing that we actually crucify our flesh, that we go against sometimes our own desires and we actually live for Jesus. And you may be thinking, well, I don't have a cheerful heart, so I can't give. No, you can obey. The text says in Exodus, when Moses gave them the command, they took it to the Lord and they obeyed the Lord. You're always going to be blessed when you when you give and when you obey. Acts 20, 35, uh, Paul said uh, that the Lord Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. You're going to be blessed when you give, when you obey, when you follow God. But the question is, is do you know what to do, what he said? Uh, Jesus said, store up your treasures in heaven. You can't have God and mammon or money. So give to him, worship him. God wants us to know that he is better than money. This is why the example of tithing or Sabbath or um, man, the concept of Jesus being preeminent above all. And so when we live in such an oversaturated, rich culture, one of the ways that you and I need to fight this is to give generously, to give faithfully, um, because the God of money disappoints. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, do not lay up for your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. You see, Jesus can provide for all of our needs, and he's a good God worthy of our worship. So he says about this text, you can't serve God or money, and he sort of gives us a, 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 a cause and effect. He says, so therefore, why is this therefore? I, t I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. So many people think that if they give to the Lord, they're not going to be provided for. But God is God and he's going to bless his people and provide. What, what you will eat, what you will drink, they worry about, nor about your body. God says, don't worry about it. What you will put on is not life more than food and body more than clothing. You know, so often we spend so much time, what we're going to eat, what we're going to buy, what we're going to shop on our clothing. But the bigger question is, is not what we're going to purchase, but who are we going to pursue? What are we actually going to do to trust Jesus with our finances? Do you actually trust God with your finances? It can be really stressful sometimes to actually give 10% before all your bills come in, to trust the Lord in that. And I, what I love about this teaching is when Jesus teaches about money, he also teaches us about who he is, Jehovah Jireh, a God who provides. Listen to the rest of this text because he just told us to store treasures in heaven, to live for him, to not have it be idolatry and to, to bless, to store up things that are going to last, that he'll provide. And then he says, look, gives this illustration, look at the birds on the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into bars and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not more valuable than they and which of you being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life and why are you anxious about clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow they neither toil nor spin yet i tell you even solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these 
But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he will, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Jesus knows your needs. He, he wants to provide for you. And so he says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek the Lord. Let him be God in your life. Trust him. Honor him. Give your first fruits. Give your tithe to, to where you're fed. The Malachi says, test, God says, test me in this through Malachi. You can test God in giving him your heart, your life, your first fruits, your finances. Trust God today. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient the day in its own trouble. Now, listen, the Bible does not say money is God, but it does say it could be used for good. It doesn't even say it's evil. It's our heart. It's up to us. How will you use money? Will you use it a tool for just the things of this earth or will you use it to invest in the kingdom of God and to bless other people, to love people, to love God? Listen, the Bible says that we are to work. And so money is a necessity in this life. As a Christian, you need that. And he actually says to, pro to, to work, to provide for your family. Proverbs says, make plans, schedule, save. Uh, man, just learn like the ant. Proverbs 30, you should be working hard and providing for it. So it's not wrong to work for money, to have money. But the question is, is who will you trust? Who will you trust when it comes to finances? And I think this is the biggest issue when it comes to finances. But I've learned as I've given to God generously, and I keep on stepping out in faith in that area, man, he just over and abundantly provides for me and blesses me and shows me that I could trust him. Let me close with these few verses from Psalms and Proverbs, just about the importance of our trust. Because I think this is a trust issue when it comes to money. People don't like to talk about it because it's a heart issue. It goes straight to your heart. Are you trusting God? Or are you trusting money? Psalm 1830 says, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proved true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Psalm 38 or 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalm 37, 4 through 5. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will act. Psalm 62, verse 8. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Psalm 84, 12. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Proverbs 16, 20. Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. I just wanted to close with those verses because I think it has to do when you come to talking about biblically finance is an issue of trust. Man, you can trust God to be God. Give generously to your local church, to ministries, to missionaries, to kingdom work, to strangers, feed people, man, just use money as a tool and out of the abundance of your heart and worship, store up treasures in heaven. Jesus said we can do this, that we can worship him or money. Choose Jesus. He's the greatest treasure. And as we worship Jesus, guess what? We will be blessed. We'll be able to enjoy him even more and more as I've grown in my generosity and excelled in that gift, as the Bible says, man. God has always provided. He's been so good to me and he's grown my faith to trust him more and more. And I pray that God would use finances for you 
to build his kingdom, to build the tabernacle, to build the local church, right? The presence of God, it can actually be a tool, but also that it would build the church, your heart, the people of God. And as you give generously, you'd see how good you would taste and see that the Lord is good and he'll be faithful to you as you step out in faith in this area. So just things I was thinking about as um, got to share about uh, just the importance of the command of giving unto the Lord and contributions and how God uses that. May you trust God and uh, may you continue to pray and ask God, how can I be generous? How can I give generously to the ministry, generously to my local church, generously to uh, ministries that give you the word, Uh, man, just be about the father's business. You will not regret it. So keep it up. Don't give up. You know that you do not labor in vain. Just keep trusting the Lord and he'll honor you. God bless you guys. And we'll see you in the next video.